All right. Hello, Josh. Um, Nicole. Gosh. So last time we talk so much that sometimes we forget if we've had like an actual conversation on the podcast or like if it's in real life sometimes. Yeah. Feel like I, f- that? I feel no? like they, they, the lines are being blurred. <laughs> yeah. We and don't know what, in, and our dreams, of course, of course. <laughs> so but basically, like three. basically what happened was we recorded an entire episode for you lovely people and it uh, ended up not being able to be used due to audio issues. So that's a bummer. But we yeah. will try our very best to let this organically flow into what we said and get that full message yeah. across. Yeah, I think we can do that. I think one of the first things I like, I've had friends that I go to lunch with, right? And mm. they ask me and or someone says, oh, like I saw something online, like you eat a lot of meat. And then someone looks at me and they go, oh, like, so what? what's the deal? You know, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me, let me explain to you what I do, like how I eat. So I guess just to explain meat-based, because I kind of want to like give it a definition for people so they understand what it is, right? Um, so meat-based to me and how I follow this is that 90% of what I eat is going to be meat, right? So that's going to be like any type of meat from chicken, fish, beef, um, lamb (laughs) like trying to think of other animals (laughs) um duck you name it right um and that's also going to include like animal-based foods right like eggs uh cream sometimes uh sometimes cheese um and then every now and then there's also going to be the five percent right the garnishings that you put on top of your steak maybe maybe you like to put garlic on your steak you know salt and pepper Maybe you like some chimichurri sauce on your steak because you just want, you know, a little something extra, right? Just a little so something. yeah, yeah. So that's like the 5%. And 5% could also include the times that you decide to, hey, like I'm going to have tequila drinks and I'm probably going to eat something that's not great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you're at a grocery store and you're starving and you can only find something that has meat in it and probably has something else with it that's not as strict as you probably want it. So to me, Mm. meat-based is literally just eating mostly meat 90% of the time. And then the other 10% here or there is just kind of supplementing. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, that's super clear to me. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty aligned with that. Um, I sort of like reverse engineered my way of getting to the 90% rule, but basically I read the study that said, you know, from anthropology humans have been on earth for what 90 million or so years we've been eating meat basically 90 percent of that time period that we've been on earth so that's a pretty good proxy for for your what your diet should look like so literally meat-based means that predominantly your diet should be revolving around a base of meat and then the other 10 to 5 percent can be for myself it's coffee dairy oh i forgot about coffee yeah coffee is the only plant i really consume (laughs) on a regular (laughs) basis but for me it's coffee um dairy occasionally i'll have a bit of fruit and occasionally i'll have some rice but we will get into this in later episodes not really going to touch too much yeah especially the rice aspect because i know me and you have very different responses to rice but I've built my way up to that. I certainly didn't just decide like four days into my meat-based journey, oh, fuck, I'm going to have some rice now and just yeah. go for that. So there's my there's my reasoning behind <laughs> what yeah. it means to be meat-based. Um, so for you, how how is it different to carnivore or keto? Because that's another question that we get asked a lot. Yeah. So, um, keto is like the macros, man. Like I was keto before I went carnivore and it drove me nuts. I was Hmm. cooking two hour like meals for dinner, for lunch. Um, and like, you just had to diligently be like, okay, under 50 grams for carbs. I have to eat this. Oh, can I add this sauce? Like there's just all these little things like, so under 50 grams of carbs for keto, true keto, that's net carbs too. So in keto, you're actually eating vegetables, right? 
So you're actually consuming a good amount of fiber. And when you are eating fiber, the fiber subtracts from the carbs and then they call that net carbs. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the major differences between keto and then being carnivorous, right? We're carnivore. So I don't eat like plants, right? Like I, I try to limit that as much as possible. I don't do well with plants. Um, and it took me a really long time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God I did. Um, but I think that that's really the biggest question that comes up when you are a carnivore, because people are like, how do you poop? And yeah. you're like, well, actually a lot better than when I was eating plants. Funny enough. Right. So it's, it's kind of one of those weird conversations. Yeah. Funny but, enough. Um, I, I just, yeah. um, one of my good friends who is a CrossFitter, um, he's just gone, sh- shall be rena- remained nameless for now, <laughs> but, oh, no. um, I'm sure if he listens to us, he'll know who he is, but he just went carnivore and I'm pretty stoked about it. And he's been like a couple of weeks into his journey, but he was having like five poos a day <laughs> while on having, carnivore? No, on a normal diet. So in his normal diet that's now like gone I'm, I'm sorry to everyone for bringing this up but it's a reality of the diet Talking now it's just gone in the first five minutes here we go <laughs> there we go now it's just gone to one like normal poo a day and he said it's, that's how it's, it's unbelievable to be, yeah exactly. right it's like because i remember being like in situations where like for example like right now i go in the office i know exactly what time of day I have my BM every day. It's very normal. (laughs) And then I also know when I used to eat plants and like so much fiber because they used to like basically sell fiber. Like Mm. if you want to eat carbs, you have to eat this much of fiber in Mm. order to push the carbs out. (laughs) Right. So everything that we've been taught means, yeah, everything in the epidemiology of food is that we have to eat tons of fibers to even be able to withstand this American diet that we're being like, you know, marketed to, right? So all the crap, it needs fiber to be pushed through your body, right? When you eat meat, what happens is the meat, right? It's made of animal cells. You're made of animal cells. So the absorption rate between the meat that you actually eat into your body is much, much higher Mm. than that of any plant or something that's a plant cell that moves through your body. So I always tell people, When's the last time you looked at your poop and you saw steak in there? You saw mm-hmm. chicken in there? No, you see the corn, you see the rice, you see <laughs> the vegetables, right? That are just going through you, right? So you never actually see the meat. And the reason is because the absorption rate is so high, animal cells being utilized by animal cells in your body. So I yeah. think that's also a very big misconception people have. Um, it's all it's but more it's people, more bio it's more it's more bioavailable that's that's what people don't like yes. get is that you know it's so common on instagram and stuff to see these like sort of comparisons between a cup of bro- broccoli and like 120 grams of steak mm-hmm. and seeing the the protein ratio but people don't understand is that the, to get the most bioavailable form of protein from broccoli for 120 grams of steak you would literally have to eat like uh, 100 cups of broccoli and that is just no one on earth can do that and then the second point i would add to that is that just from a pure biological like biological standpoint if you have a look at the insides of a human and having okay this is also like a bit up for debate but you have a look at how short our small intestine is and how compared to most other animals that literally ferment food in their gut for hours. That's how they get, they literally have to, cows literally have to spend their whole lives grazing. What makes us human is our ability to quickly absorb meat and have that fuel us for days on end where we don't need to think about food for like another 24 hours if you do it correctly, you know? Exactly. And you touched on that right in the beginning. We have been eating this way for I think it was 75% or longer, would you say 95% of the time that humans have been around, we've been eating carnivorous, meat-based, you know, hunting, right? So living off that high protein, right? Yeah. And then the other thing is that I think a lot of people, there's so much marketing around the standard American diet and Mm. all of those different components in there. Um, And, you know, a lot of times what we think about is there's a whole industry 
behind people that get sick, right? A lot of people don't like to just think the best of people, right? Like I like that too. Like I like to think the best intentions of everyone, but you have to remember that there's certain situations, right? Where if someone can say, Hey, you know what? I think that you need a lifestyle change, right? You don't work mm-hmm. out. You don't eat, you know, whole foods. I'm not just saying meat. I'm saying whole foods, right? Actual food. That's not coming processed in a container, right? So someone will just say to you, Oh, here's a pill for that. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? Maybe you should start exercising. Let's start going to therapy. Let's see, you know, what's going on down here? Why is this happening, you know? And let's start getting your life together, right? Like not a lot of people, unless you go to a functional doctor or a functional functional doctor, right? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Like yeah, alternative functional, functional medicine. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, functional. <laughs> functional. Jeez, what is she saying? <laughs> that word sounded weird, but you know, no one will actually do that. And I think I wanted to just touch on this, that um, I remember I was just having a bad day. I was 20 years old and I go to my general practitioner, right? That's like your main doctor who I've had mm-hmm. for years. And I, you know, was crying in her office. Right. And I was just having a bad day. Like, I think I broke up with a guy or the guy broke up with me <laughs> or something, something just like silly where like, literally like you're just sad, you know? Yeah. And up until that point, I've been so active in sports. I was very healthy. And she goes, you know what? It seems like you're not doing well. And, you know, like your emotions are kind of like, you know, getting the best of you and stuff, you know, let's, I think I should put you on Paxil. And I'm like, well, I'm not depressed. Like I know depressed people. I know people that are like that. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like telling her, I'm like, I'm not depressed. Like I literally had this one day. And instead of me questioning this at the time, you're so young. Like I was 20 years old. Right. And I was just like, okay, like my doctor, someone you trust so much an authoritative figure is telling you that's best for you to go on a medication. And I didn't feel equipped to say anything else instead of just taking the medicine and convince myself that maybe I am depressed. Maybe I'm not having a bad day, you know? So I ended up taking it. So, um, took it. And then this actually resulted in what I would call, um, like, probably the most, uh, I started having suicidal thoughts. The opposite happened because I went on this antidepressant, right? If you're not depressed, you can have like the different effects of it. Um, and so that's, you know, that was my experience, uh, for the first time. Oh my gosh. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, that's, I'm going to put him on my lap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is rain. Everyone come say hello. (laughs) Here he is. Hey, Ren. He's like, mom's <laughs> talking about being sad. I should be there for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my experience the first time. Like no one was saying, hey, are you going to therapy? Yeah. You need like, you know, counseling maybe to like talk through what you're feeling. You know, didn't even ask me what was going on. So yeah. that was my experience with my GP who I trusted a lot. Um, and that was just one. We can talk about some of the other stuff. But. And did that did that um, like lead you into going into searching for more like answers in your in your life in terms of like diets and carnivore and where did that take you? Did did that like give you some sort of insight? Yeah. So this was coming off of also um, being vegan, and mm. when I tested out being vegan, yeah. So I thought to myself, I was like, you know what, I, I, at the time, like, you know, you never really know about things like you never really know that food is really going to impact you the way it does. Mm. So I think that, um, which is a crazy thought, to be honest, like now that we know what we know, it is (laughs) so crazy to think that food affects you the way anything does, you know, people I think if I had some other role in life, it would be making people realize the impact that you, what you put into your mouth has on your body. Like it yep. does something to you, but anyway, carry on. I sort of cut you off there, but you were vegan. No, no, and- you're fine. So I was vegan when I was 20. I decided to be vegan. It lasted like six months, I think at most. And my nails thinned, right? So like my nails got so thin, my hair thinned, I was like losing clumps of hair. And I was just like, what is happening? And I fell out of control. Like, I know that's kind of like weird, but like, I just felt out of control. I felt I didn't feel like myself. 
I just felt like I was like doing something that was like better for, you know, maybe like I thought the world, but it was just wreaking havoc on my body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I was eating. So for example, Oreos are vegan. So I was like, mm -hmm. exactly. Oh, Oreos are vegan. Like I can have like a couple Oreos in the evening. You know, I was a big <laughs> Oreo fan. Um, but I think that that was just kind of something that happened to me that I didn't really put together that there is this whole pharmaceutical industry, this whole approach in America where instead of saying, Hey, like we can kind of change your lifestyle. And there's some people that are honestly depressed. Like there's some people that do need medication. And mm -hmm. I honestly believe that. But if you're not giving, if you're not doing all the things that your body's supposed to be doing, like exercising, getting enough vitamin D, right. Eating the right food, you know, you're going to feel bad, right? Mm. Like if you're just eating sugar in the standard American diet all day, there's no way you're not going to feel bad. You're, you're not going to feel, let me just tell you, you're not going to feel good. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things that can come with that. Um, but I think that was one of the things, um, that's kind of just like a side, I guess, side. Well, I was going to add to say that the closest I went to vegan was, so this sort of ties into my reason behind going carnivore for the second time. I went carnivore for a period in the end of 2017 going to 2018 was when I heard Sean Baker on Joe Rogan. And yeah. I, just like you, I was a big keto fanatic. And for those that don't know, I, I've lost nearly 100 pounds going low carbon keto and exercising. So my health journey started before carnivore. You know, I love seeing these people on Instagram that go straight from a standard American diet to carnivore because I'm jealous of them in a way because they've cut yeah. through all the bullshit. Like, Same. <laughs> but, but myself and you have had to go the keto route, the low carb route, the so nut much butters, time, man. all that so shit. Much time. So oh, did I tell you too, I'm allergic to freaking almonds. So when I was doing keto, I couldn't eat any of the stuff. Do you want That's to why I was talk about your, your sauna <laughs> situation the other day? Oh my God. <laughs> Masseuse, literally. Like, I'm like, oh, this kind of smells like almonds, like at the end of my massage. <laughs> and she had just massaged me for an hour in almond oil, like, just like straight up, like, like high grade almond oil, like inf infused into lotion stuff. And I'm just like, and she saw like my neck was kind of starting to break out. Oh, and, my word. and then I went into a sauna that just for shows you. like, I think 45 minutes. Yeah. So anyway, that uh, little segue aside, Nicole's sauna segue Sorry, aside. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Josh so, went keto first. So I went keto first. Uh, I went carnival for a bit in 2018, but I had just moved to Cape Town in South Africa and I was studying there and I was by myself. And I'm going to be honest, I just partied. Like I went to so many festivals. I mean, that's what one does. As when they go. Should. Yeah. And I just let my diet slip along with a lot of other things, but I sort of drifted back into just the normal way of eating. What I was doing was training a lot. I was doing CrossFit like six days a week. So that sort of kept me in line. But then what happened was, and I'm going to get to the closest I've gotten to vegan right now, but what happened was I got this massive cyst in 2019 on my face. It literally it was this big infection on my face and I've never felt so much pain in my life. Like it was like the size of a tennis ball and it oh was God. the most pain I've ever been through. And I had to go on a heavy course of antibiotics to basically prevent me from like being killed. Went on antibiotics after that course of antibiotics, my gut was not the same. I, I remember yeah. feeling different. And I mean, antibiotics are really like not, I mean, I had to go on them because I was like on the verge of dying, but yeah, yes, I went but on for people that don't understand, right? Like the antibiotics, it goes through your gut. It gets rid of the mm -hmm. good bacteria and the everything. bad bacteria. It just kills so you just, you literally get... everything. Yeah. Yeah. So just for people that don't know. But and the problem, continue. yeah, thank you. And the problem is in South Africa, they really give them out like hotcakes. They, they don't hey. really same in Yeah. Whereas in Europe, I know it's a lot harder to just get a course of antibiotics because they know how serious mm -hmm. it is, but Anyway, I went to the antibiotics and then I went to a nutritionist. <laughs> so I doubted my whole like sort of, I, I knew that carnival was good for me because I experienced the benefits of it for even if it was like for a couple of months. 
but I went to a nutritionist and she recommended, well, first of all, I sent my, speaking of poo, I sent my poo to Europe in a bag <laughs> to get sampled. <laughs> how, how are we never going to come back from poo? Yeah, I don't never. know. We never, yeah, this episode title should just be poo and episode two. <laughs> but I sent a sample to Europe, uh, basically, and it came back saying that I had SIBO. And I said to this nutritionist, I'm like, what's SIBO? And she says, it's small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So basically what happens is your good bacteria grows into your small intestine. It shouldn't be there. It should be in your large intestine. If I'm correct, I might be wrong, but it should not be in your small intestine. And what happens is your bacteria grows into your small intestine because you don't have enough stomach acid. So this can be from stress, drinking alcohol, all of the above, you know, festivals. Won't go too much in that right now, but SIBO. And what happens is your body starts to not be, it can't absorb the food that you're eating. So your body doesn't have a chance to absorb anything because this this bacteria in your small intestine is just, it's just taking everything. It's like a parasite. It's like blocking almost. Yeah. It's like, okay. it's like blocking everything. and Blocking absorption she, of the nutrients you need. Okay. Exactly. And she told me, she said, Josh, I want you to eat eight to 10 cups of vegetables a day. Just let that sink in for a minute. So she Wait, said, what? you have to eat eight to 10 cups of vegetables a day. And I was like, I was in such a bad space. I believed her and I tried it. And I remember like on night two or three, I was yeah. having these like convulsions in bed. My stomach was literally like, mm -hmm. but here's the logic behind it. Vegetables are predominantly fiber. Small intestinal mm -hmm. bacteria overgrowth is a problem with fiber in your bacteria. Why would you want to- Too many things passing through. Right. Oh, yes. So if you add more fiber, more stuff yeah. is passing through instead of getting absorbed. Exactly. So after giving that a go, I just decided, you know what? I know what to do. I just need to just just go carnivore and just give this a shot and just like go heads in. And yeah, that that was my my story of like your moment going, of desperation. Yeah. Like exactly, that led like to carnivore. Had. Yeah. 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 And I think much. a lot of people do like they experience that. Like it's, it's something that happens to you and like mine's not as severe. I honestly don't even know what was wrong with me because I wasn't going <laughs> to doctor to find out. And I actually still don't know <laughs> because I didn't go to my appointment, but same as you, like I was having, never mind. not even, sorry. Let me take that back. Not even same as you, not even close. Um, I was having really bad stomach issues. I was living mm. off of Tums every night. Um, I, I kind of knew in my, in my gut. And what are Tums for those that don't know? Okay. So Tums are antacids, right? Mm. And you just chew them. So at night I'd just be like, okay, like, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> all right. My stomach's a little bit better. So like, I was like living off Tums because my stomach was just so upset. And like, I knew, I know myself when I eat like sugar or alcohol or like, you know, uh, leafy greens, like my stomach is like nuts, right? Like my stomach's like, oh, hell no. Like do not, and onions, but like my stomach is like, no thanks. So um, what I did was I was like, you know what? Like I am in pain. Like I was sleeping in the fetal position most nights with a throw up bag next to me, um, just like trying to like get through the night, right? And like wake up and be fine. So like for me, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try carnivore. I was reading about the different people with all the different like Crohn's disease, um, uh, interval sticula. I can't, I can't say the word. I think IV, <laughs> the, the, I see, I see Crohn's, all those like the stomach things that were going on stuff like what was happening with you as well. Right. Mm. Um, and like, they were saying like, you know, carnivore, right? Like carnivore is what got rid of it. For now, this is like the first month of uh, lockdown. It was April of 2020. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in. So I started eating uh, steak twice a day, um, usually like late morning and then again in the evening for dinner. So mm -hmm. I was eating like two ribeyes or two, two beef things. <laughs> a day two beef um, things <laughs> yeah two beef things um a day so like two steaks a day basically right 
And in two weeks, all of my symptoms were gone um, mm. for my stomach. I did not have stomach issues anymore. And I was just like, oh gosh, like, okay, um, that was miserable, but now this seems to be working. So I continued and I kind of got into being like more of a purist where like, I only wanted beef, butter, salt, pepper, right? Because for me, it turned into elimination diet. Mm. So when I got like three or four months in, that's when I started introducing different things to my body, right? So I started really pure. And the best way to do this is to find out what triggers your body, right? Like what causes you to have issues, right? Because if you're eating just beef, and I think you've said this beef as a baseline, right? Beef's the baseline. And you start introducing things, you're going to find out, right? Like, so I yeah. think I mentioned, I don't even know if I mentioned the last time we filmed this or what, but onions, onions was like the triggering thing for me. I remember like making a burger and then I was like putting like onions on it that I was sauteing in butter. And I was like, this is going to be so good. I miss onions. Keto, and- keto AF. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'll do onions. Right. And you slowly reintroduce what you want to try to see how your body reacts. Oh, heck no. So what happened with onions, and this has happened multiple times. I've tested it. My hips throb, my hips actually throb in like excruciating pain. It's the weirdest thing. They're like aching. And I'm like, Oh God, did I like, did I hike to like the top of, you know, the Himalayas or something? Like what happened? It's like, no, like you just ate an onion. You just ate Weirdest a of onions. <laughs> yeah, like, no, not even a shitload, just like a normal serving on my burger. And so like this would happen every time I would eat onions. I'd have like the throbbing in my hips. And so then I knew then I was like, okay, onions are out, man. Cool. Sucks. But at least I know now Then I did, um, what was the other one I did? I'm trying to remember. Oh, while you're, tomato. Me- oh, I was going to yeah, say, sorry, while, you're, while you're remembering... Um, I know we touched on this in the episode that wasn't available, but the episode that didn't speaking happen. Of, speaking of eating a shitload of vegetables, um, I often speak about this diet being a sp- spiritual experience for me, in the sense that anybody who eats it will, well, certainly for myself, somebody who had a, a very strong food addiction. And yeah. I would, I would uh, drown every single emotion that I had. I would sort of relate it to food. So if I was happy, I would have food. If I was sad, I would have food. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's what led me to being very overweight as a kid. And, um, but basically, Carnival forced me to really deal with my difficult emotions um, and, and very deep emotions that I was experiencing. And not everyone's going to experience that. But for me, as somebody who's been a chronic like overeater and over binger of everything yeah. it really forced me to to consider like these difficult emotions and see them for what they are and not not allow food to be the way to get over them um it hasn't been easy but it's certainly been more rewarding because i've not i've understood myself a bit better but where i was going with that was there was one night in Pretoria when i was living there and studying there in south africa i got home after a night out and I literally all I had in my fridge was like four avocados yeah all I had in my fridge was four avocados and uh have I have I spoken about this before on the podcast I think you had bacon no you didn't speak about on the podcast I think you met I think I know where this is going though there's bacon involved right there's bacon involved but basically okay I was so drunk and usually on a night out I would go to the petrol station and get like five pies and eat literally f- five pies when like I was chicken pot this, pies. Yeah, like pies, like, yeah, like not American, savory. but like savory pies. Yes, for those that yeah. don't know. Um, but this time the garage was closed, the petrol station was closed, so I got home, and all I had in my fridge was like four avocados and a couple of strips of bacon. So drunk Josh decides, hey, let's throw four avocados into the oven with strips of bacon and let's eat that. I swear that the reason I'm saying this is because I ate four avocados. I've never felt so sick in my life. Sick. And two, when I eat any avo now, like when I eat any avo, I feel yeah. it straight away. Like my mom's the same actually is when she eats avo, her fingers, she's got arthritis. Um, 
and her fingers just flare up like crazy. And it's the same with me. It's, it's really, again, we, we're going back to how food has an impact in your body. And it doesn't have to yeah. be a not healthy food. Like it doesn't have to be an Oreo that does it. Your yeah, that's food, an like, just, exactly. Yeah. So just with like anything, like everyone's body is different, right? Like mm. maybe there are people out there that have zero issues that thrive off plants and they're going to do a great job and their body handles it or has acclimated to it. Right. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there, right? Maybe. Um, but then <laughs> just teasing. Um, there is, there is someone out there. Probably, no, there is. Right? <laughs> yeah. But they probably haven't hit 35 yet. out there right and there's different foods that'll affect you differently so you found out like oh this is weird avocados healthy for so many people for so many people it's a great thing to put on their toast or whatever right but like you found out you're like no not gonna be a thing yeah and i think that what you're talking about with the emotional eating so like i can relate to you on that front is like i'm an overeater right like i always played sports so it never showed right but I was like chronic overeater, like bad. Like I would binge to the point of becoming sick. Um, and like it, instead of being like, you know what? I really want to just go pound a thing of Ben and Jerry's pint of ice cream right now. <laughs> I should be asking myself like, hey, like what happened today? You know, like yeah. what's, what's going on? Because I have a pretty messed up relationship with food as well. Mm. You know, like I always saw my parents who were super fit, like my both of my parents, for example, are in their late 50s. I think one of them 60, one of them 59. They have them and being like, oh, like I can't look, you know what I mean? Like I can't not look good, I guess. And it's not like I was bulimic or anything like that mm -hmm. at any point. But I do think that it was like the food was trying to make me feel better. And now like you, you really have to wonder, like, if I do get a craving like that, I have to wonder like, what's actually going on? Like, why do I want to like soothe how I'm feeling with food right now? Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember like my grandma, I think I've told you this, she was in Overeaters Anonymous. God rest her soul. Didn't even know that Overeaters was a Anonymous. thing. I can't believe it. I did not even know that <laughs> so, was a thing. It's like literally a thing. Like there's a group of people, like so many people are overeaters. Like, I think yeah. it's so much more common than you think. Like, I think that like, I want to say one out of three people is like overeaters has a bad relationship with food. Right. And like my grandma would go to these things. It was like AA, you would literally like tell your story and like you would follow a set of rules. Right. So like in AA, they have the 12 steps. They like, you know, they don't drink at all. Right. That's part of it. And in Overeaters Anonymous, you have specific rules. Like when you're dining out, you only have one bread roll at the table and then you set it aside. Or if you don't want bread, you ask the waiter to take the bread away, right? So they had different rules to try to follow it. But I think that people sometimes judge me and think that I have a, a negative or a fucked up relationship with food right now. Yeah, that you I have to go way, Yeah. Yeah, because I exactly. eat the way I do, but I'm like, no, 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 you got it wrong this is my therapy. This is what yeah. saved me from overeating Amen. and having that negative relationship. So I think it's totally just like backwards that hey. like you didn't care when I was stuffing my face with Oreos, but now that I'm eating whole foods and I'm getting all the nutrients I needed and I'm thriving and my body's like healing itself. Now that's an issue. And I have yeah. a bad relationship, like, and I'm fucked up or something, <laughs> yeah. you know? Definitely. I, I, that, that's, that, that is so spot on is that people don't see the, the benefit and people almost don't want to see you like thrive and succeed in, in some weird way. Like obviously your true friends and things will, but most people want you to stay on their like level. They, they don't want you to, you know, really go to the point where you becoming this, you're becoming the best version of yourself because it's scary for them because it also questions what I've noticed is, eating this way, again, going back to the spiritual side of things, it has forced me to really be true to myself in all situations. And people, people almost see me as like a threat to their own way of living. So like by mm. saying no to everything, basically you say no to everything that they offer you, it feels a bit weird, but then they get you after a while, like my family, friends here in Amsterdam. Um, but 
it, it's like you basically they, they they think that you are judging them when you're not but you're just living your you're living the way that you know is best for you and that's the most yeah. important that's the, that's the most important thing I think that it's it's really hard and like a lot of people too there's like two things that I can say one of them is people always bring up like hey well like where's the studies or where is the information behind that and at the end of the day like you know where I was at before I went carnivore. I was in a bad place. I had issues with my stomach and this is what turned that around and saved me, right? So to me, like if this works for me, all of my blood or sorry, my blood levels, (laughs) um, all of my stats, Reagan's trying to say hello right now. I'm like, Taylor, you should give him a treat or something. Reagan wants Um, to be on the podcast as well. We'll get get it on you. That yeah, so stage. Reagan wants her <laughs> debut as well, I guess. I don't know. She's crazy. She kind of has like her hair, like here, I'll show you. Her hair is kind of like matted hey, over Reagan. her face. So <laughs> Reagan, are you okay? Yeah, she's being bossy. Um, oh, yeah. But what I was going to say is that, you know, people say, where's the evidence or where's the studies, you know, that say that you can do that. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, Think about the people that control the food industry, yeah. the pharmaceutical industry, right? And speaking um, of studies, I mean, there yeah. is recently, there is a study that's just come out. It's a self-reported study Oh yeah. of over 2,000 people. And the results are phenomenal. Like, I don't know any other diet that reduces diabetic medication by 80%. I just do not. There's literally yeah. no other diet or pill that does that. Okay, the cons of the study is it was sent to a pro carnivore community so there's going to be some bias towards the diet working and it was self-reported but why i like the study so much is because it's the catalyst for so much more so hopefully this is going to be a wake-up call to researchers to do like randomized trials and And i know it's very difficult thing and look at food as healing instead of pills And and i do realize you know not everyone is like out there just to make money and corporations and things like that but yeah it is very difficult to do these to do food studies because you do rely on self-reporting i mean it's very hard to get 30 people in a room for 30 days and they can't leave and you can only feed them steak like we have to live and work and sleep but that sort of brings me on to what i was going to ask you is is there is there other things you do besides eating meat that adds to benefiting you in some way shape or form because i know this this podcast is so much more than just about yeah. eating meat but i'm sure there's um, some things that you do that add to that but something to just hold on i have to pick up my other dog <laughs> this might be like a weird direction but um one thing that like i wish that i did as a female like a really long time ago is I actually wish that I would have gone off birth control sooner. Um, I had actually been on birth control for 15 years. Um, so since I was 15 years old, I was, um, you know, on, uh, birth control and for no like specific reason or anything. Um, and, I recently went off it six months ago. I had tons of friends, not tons of friends. I had multiple people tell me, oh my God, do not go off birth control. Like you're going to lose your shit. You're going to go crazy. Like you're going to get acne. You're going to like, just like, you're going to gain weight, like all this stuff. And I was just like, I was kind of scared. And I was like, okay, like I'm not, you know, and no one wants to use condoms. Like, let's be real. Like you're in a relationship with someone for like over six years. Like you don't want to go back to using condoms. (laughs) Like, let's be real. Um, but like, I just felt like something wasn't right. And I felt like, because I was dialed in physically, mentally with carnivore, I was like, you know what, even if it shit hits the fan, I'm in a good place right now, mentally, physically, I think I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And I went off of it and I was fine. Um, one of the things that happened was immediately my libido came back tenfold. So I felt like I was, you know, really young again. And I was like, oh, okay. So it just makes you super horny. And then kind of weird though, that like you get off birth control and then you have to, like, you want to have more sex, even though now you have to be yeah. more careful. It's kind of like, 
<laughs> catch 22 no. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of weird. Um, and then the other thing that happened was I felt like a mask had been li- like lifted mm. from me. Like I felt like I had just been living uh, my life with like a certain point of connection or something that was turned off. Like I didn't feel fully myself, mm. um, like kind of almost like numbed a little bit. Um, so that was like pretty shocking to me just on like a spiritual, like mental level. Cause I was like, dude, like what have I like missed out on or what have I responded to in a different way or what, who was I, or, you know what I mean? So it kind of was like, dude, like what, what has the last 15 years have I been, have I even been myself? Mm. Um, so anyway, so went off of that and I would just say like the whole point of this, I would say that if, if you're a female, um, getting off birth control, having to use condoms, pull out method, whatever, like it is so worth it. Like I'm telling you right now, like it is so worth it. Do it, try it, get off birth control. Like you will, you will be so happy that you did. I just wish I did it sooner. And I actually had like talked to someone about this who actually went off of it. So that's my, I guess, um, bit of advice. yeah, Yeah. That's that. I think that's super, super important because one, if you think about it, it's the most unnatural thing to stop yeah. a, a, a cycle that has evolved as humans for millions of years and you stopping that in its tracks. And, and that's what I love about this diet is that, like I said, it's a catalyst for so many different changes in your life because it's hard to be carnival, but then be on birth control because there's a disconnect there because carnival is like your most natural way of eating. And I will yeah. add on to the libido side of things when I was really sick as well. I had no sex drive at all, like zero. And when I went carnivore. Do you mean when you were like before you went carnivore? Okay, got it. Got yeah, it, got before it. I went carnivore, like when I when I got yeah. sick and I yeah, uh, sent my poo off to Europe. Sebo, <laughs> man. Yeah. So I had no sex drive. And carnivore, you just feel like a 16-year-old kid again. Like it's and for the men out there, I've, I have this rule and I got this from, I think it's Kelly Starrett. He's like this crazy, like mobility dude on Instagram, but he says boner or no boner. Like if you, as a man, you need to wake up in the morning with a, with a rock hard boner. And if you don't, if you don't wake up with a boner, something is not right. Like waking up with a boner is the most natural thing like morning wood fuck fuck sleep trackers like four thousand dollars sleep trackers you just need to know if you wake up with an erection you are doing something right yeah so i found that very interesting and i would add it's kind of like a baseline yeah for guys then and you don't need a sleep tracker it's it's what what a blessing i mean you can have a sleep tracker but why not just like base your workout of the day if you have a boner or not because that's going to tell you how rested you are so that's a good way <laughs> so taylor hope you're listening <laughs> he's not listening but i'll let him know but, i i will say the libido thing on carnivore that was real yeah so like on carnivore it came back like a lot and then taylor going had to hide. control <laughs> you actually, you actually, yeah. you actually <laughs> to run like, into another I, room you have to lock himself he's away like, i don't on a, i don't no comment no comment so like Literally carnivore, libido comes back. You go off birth control. It's like, oh my God, oh. what the hell? You're like, oh, okay, this is great. So yeah. I think those two like just kind of just made everything better. Definitely. Um, and I'll add that. I was going to say though, there was something that I was going to add, but go on. I was going to add that another thing that I've been doing recently is mouth taping. So taping your mouth shut at night. So you forced to breathe through your nose has helped me tremendously besides, you know, eating meat, breathing exercises, um, and cold showers. Like if you are interested in this diet and you want to just take it to another level, those three things, you know, breathing properly, exercising and making sure you're sleeping well, if you, if you start to get those right, it's just going to have a ripple effect on. And I mean, we can speak about this more in other episodes, but I, I think those are the the catalysts for so much good change in your life and and making everything else seem so much better 
I was going to add just one thing when we were talking about like the libido and stuff, like, so I'm pretty sure I just, this, I totally forgot to mention this when you, cause you said this, like the, the blocker, like, I remember there was, I think it was Kellogg's, um, who was making all these foods and they wanted to make it so people craved sex less. They wanted mm. to put things in the food, like the processed food to make it so people did not desire sex as much. Right. And then you also think about the birth control, right? Like I would say that probably 90% of my friends or people I know are on birth control. Right. Um, and like that also is a dampener on libido. So you yeah. like, Makes sense. I just, I don't, I just like, I wish I knew <laughs> what I know now. Um, that I think that we have mentioned, but not like explicitly is the sauna um, and doing the sauna and how amazing that is, especially here in the winter time, you don't yeah. get like any sun. Right. And when you're in the sauna, there's like the chromotherapy, the light therapy as well with it. Um, and there's an infrared sauna, which I did recently, it got up to 145 degrees in there. Okay. And like, I was okay. Usually I, anything like above I would say 85, I'm like losing it. So 145 was pretty good, but like I had kind of like a spiritual. I guess when like that, I don't know. Like it just like was a really weird experience. Um, I remember like going like this with the lights and I was like laying down. I was like looking up at the lights and I was like doing this weird. I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> like having a but trip. I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, seriously. That's what it felt like. It felt like well, they I do have sweat lodges in, the, in America. They have sweat, those sweat lodges and you actually go into a tent. The Native American Indians, I believe, used to do it. And you go into a tent and you light a fire and you basically sweat out your toxins and you literally trip. You literally have your body has no oxygen. Oh. So, yeah. So it's like a real thing. So it is like a real thing. <laughs> okay. So yeah. you know more about the US and the different things that happen there. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Don't quote I will me on say that, that. I know like, it's something, something like that. No, no. I, that sounds right. But I would just say that like, if you can actually get into, I would just say like the sauna, any type of sauna, like if you can do any type of sauna at any time, like that is honestly great because you need to sweat out those toxins, right? Like you need to get that out. Like, I don't remember the last time I sweat that hard. I'm in like the Netherlands. It's so cold up here. By the yeah. way, it was really cold today. It's so cold. And then like, you're not really like sweating out the toxins, I feel like. And I haven't been working out regularly, as I told you, that's changing. Yeah. And then also um, make sure to like work out, like yeah. whether that's walking, whether that's, I don't know, whatever that it means to you working out, do it. Like find what works for your body. If it's cycling, if it's doing weights, whatever it is, everyone's different, but try to work out consistently three times a week, every week. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. can do that, you're going to see huge improvements, right? So that's another thing, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll try mouth taping tonight. Should I try it? I think so. But I would recommend like getting the right tape because that shit, like <laughs> you don't want to wake up at night <laughs> and like rip half your mouth open like, because you're trying to breathe. Yeah. It, 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 so what type of tape do you need? Like if I'm listening so right now. I'll link it below. Yeah. It's, it's okay. called 3M like surgical. It's like a surgical tape. It's like a soft, oh, but even that tape is pretty gnarly. Like it, sometimes it sticks to your, like, you know, the soft part of your lip and it just feels, feels like you, you're going to rip your whole lip open if you, if you're just not careful enough. So, but it, do, it does, it takes some time. Like the first time I did it, the first night you do it, you'll probably rip it off within 10 minutes, but you just build that up. It's like the sauna. You've just got to build it up over time and get used to it, you know, until eventually you can sleep with it on. <laughs> now I'm like a little biased because my first sauna time, I'm doing like 45 minutes at 145 degrees Fahrenheit. It's like 62 Celsius. So now I'm I like, how you did that. Let's I can't it. even, I cannot really even stay in that long. My max is like so 30 minutes. I was minutes. having a trip. I was yeah, definitely having a trip. It definitely like spoke <laughs> something and I was just like, like what's, so I was delirious in my sauna. Okay. Interesting. 
Um, cause Taylor and I are going to go again this coming weekend and, uh, we're doing a couple's booth together, which might be the biggest mistake ever. I'm not sure <laughs> because I didn't actually think about having someone right here. Yeah. Right, right next to you. Sweat. Yeah. Not so. to mention it's like, yeah, it's like hot in there and you just, you just want some time. <laughs> you just, just yeah, literally just like so, get out my face. <laughs> did I make an awful mistake? Maybe. Don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll so, find out um, in the next episode. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not Did bringing Nicole a camera. Make here, a mistake. <laughs> no. Did Nicole make a mistake doing the couple's package of yeah. saunas that she bought? Maybe. We'll see. But yeah, just live your life. And if you're in a sunny place, last thing, go out in the sun. Mm. I think I'm a big sun person. I love that vitamin D. It literally, the sun will literally like it'll take the cholesterol in your cells and it'll convert that into vitamin D. That's mm -hmm. how this process of the sun works from the vitamin D that you get from your own skin, right? So like if you're in a place where you can get sun, do it. Go out 30 minutes a day. Don't wear sunscreen. Do it. Because I think yeah. that that is like the thing I miss the most. I got kind of into being a, is it a sunophil? What is it called? Like a, a sun person? What I, is, I don't know no the term. Idea, but one of you those have things. No idea what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So I became that person before we left. Um. And like I was, we were tanning, like laying yeah. out every day in the backyard. So like, if you're in a sun place, go into the sun and do it. Yeah. It like, makes just, a huge difference. It. Makes a huge oh, difference. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, cool. Cool. Well, that's episode three, episode two. I'm, I'm thinking it's episode three because we, we <laughs> flunked out two. yesterday. It's just two. Episode two wrap it's up. Two. Um, if you guys have uh, any questions, please uh, send them through. We would love to try our best to answer them from a very practical standpoint. But yeah, this yeah, or has if been there's a any topics. Mm. Yeah, and there's any topics that people want to discuss. Like we can get more into um, more that was going on with Josh when he also started Carnivore as well um, with like the mold and stuff too. Because yeah. that's very interesting. But yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that a lot. But let us know if there's anything that you want to talk about. And then Josh, the last part, what is it? Like, like, link, like, subscribe. Like, subscribe, link, comments. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I think I'm tripping out. Yeah, let us know. Staring at screens too long. Yeah, cheers. No, it's all good. Okay, bye everyone. Bye, Josh. Bye. <laughs>